Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The sun always shines after the storm. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open, our one-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball in New York, where a new day brings new hope at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. A lot to get to over the next 60 minutes. Of course, all the big highlights and interviews. How about your career prize money leaders and how much money these folks are making off the court? Plus, defending men's champion Dominic Team back to discuss his devastating one-handed backhand. Iga Sviantek is on site early, one of 11 major champions on the women's side, trying to match her best U.S. Open result. Belinda Bencic, the gold medalist, former semifinalist here in 2019. She is the 11 seed this year, coming into the gates. And how about the world number one, Ash Barty, facing a teenager, Clara Tawson, today. She is first up on Arthur Ashe Stadium. Come on in. Welcome to TC Live. Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer, U.S. Open champion, singles and doubles, Lindsey Davenport. We got 60 Minutes, Sports Illustrated superstar, RTC insider, John Wertheim as well. Crazy scenes last night in New York City. They built two roofs so we would have play when it rained. Mother Nature did not sign off on the structural engineering. No, I, I don't know about an open-air covered court. It didn't pass the <laughs> test of remnants of a hurricane. But the biggest upset yesterday was that every singles match but one mm. finished. And the forecast was horrible all day. The rain didn't come until later. But, Steve, I, I'm actually surprised that play even happened last night. Yes, I know Arthur Ashe Stadium is covered. But it seemed to get very dangerous for all the fans that were there. And especially when Armstrong started to flood. It just seemed like chaos there. It's a couple of years ago that the USTA had to call off the men's semis when a huge storm was rolling in. Seemed like last night maybe they should have done that too. This was a wild scene. You know, we joke sometimes about, oh, the tarps are coming out and the umbrellas. This was scary. This was Mother Nature clearing her throat. I I was getting texts. Some of them were tennis and some of them were for my apartment, making sure everybody is okay. I know a lot of fans struggled to get home. This was, uh, this was no joke. Uh, they struggled to finish that match between Diego Schwartzman and Kevin Anderson. Had to start in Armstrong, then move to Arthur Ashe. They declared a state of emergency in New York. Uh, you know, I have to say, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with the tennis today. I was, I was actually relieved when we just saw those player entries that players are actually arriving to the courts right. today. We'll see about uh, if any fans are able to get there. I know a lot of the roads are still closed down. Subways are very limited right now. Flooded, so yeah. we just hope that everybody in New York is okay. Absolutely. Uh, listen, this was Hurricane Ida. The remnants coming through New York City last night. How about today? All gone. And it's like a lot of the flooding has, has just passed through. So... These are live shots right now of the USDA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center, and it looks like nothing happened. It 
Sun comes out after a rainstorm, but I, I think there's a lot of collateral damage in the area. We're just seeing on social media people having trouble just negotiating the roads to get to this sunny site. The USDA did put out a statement. They're not opening the gates before 11 a.m. Eastern today. No play before noon on any court today. Of course, subject to change. We'll keep you updated on that throughout TC Live. But as Lindsay mentioned, they did get in every match except for one, and that included that big one between Coco and Sloan four years ago. Both had big results. Sloan Stevens won her first major title, defeating her good friend Madison Keys in the final. And that very same year, Coco Golf in the junior final as a 13-year-old, losing to Amanda Anasimova, but officially announced she would be a force to be reckoned with. And last night, they would face off for the first time as pros under the lights. Biggest stage in our sport. It was close for the first eight games, Lindsay. Yeah, we really were wondering if this was going to be a changing of the guard type match. And Sloan Stevens said, not yet. And Sloan, fantastic to watch. Played one of her best matches in the last four years. We've always wanted Sloan. Big point. Step in. Use your forehand. That's exactly what she did last night against Coco Goff. Her forehand was on fire. Our friends at Hawkeye. She averaged 79 miles per hour, averaged 79 miles per hour on the forehand, the fastest of any player so far at the U.S. Open on Arthur Ashe Stadium Court. It was a phenomenal match. She only faced one break point. She was great returning. She really put a lot of pressure on Coco Goff. We were wondering how Goff was going to be able to finish points against the speed of Stevens. And, Steve, she had so much trouble doing that. The forehand was working. The movement was there. Sloan made a high percentage of first serves. But, again, it was so fun to watch her play at this level again. We haven't seen this enough from Sloan the last couple years. Held at love in five of her nine service games, converted three of five break points. Sloan Stevens happy with her form as we go inside the press room. I've been playing a lot better, going in the right direction. Obviously, it's tough when you're unseated. You have tough first rounds. Like, it's kind of harder. It's harder to work your way into a tournament. Um, so I think now, you know, I'm at the point where I'm able to be really competitive at the beginning of the tournaments, playing against top players. And, um, yeah, obviously coming out of the pandemic, it was rocky road. And I think for everyone, it hasn't been too consistent for anyone. So I think you kind of just got to ride the wave. And I think now, um, yeah, it's kind of coming together, which is nice. We'll say that she probably hit her forehand the best that I've seen in a long time. Um, but also that could be just different because it's my first time facing her. So and I, I think I've only I never practiced with her, so that could just be my own thing, just because this is my first time feeling her ball. Um, but she definitely played well tonight, and um, she definitely was the better player tonight. Uh, Coco was right there. Sloan said the last time they hit, Coco was probably 12 years old. Uh, how, how important do you think the experience factor was in this match, John? Yeah, I mean, we were joking yesterday that, you know, Sloan went to Coco's 10th birthday in 12 years. You know what? That looked like a freshman against an upperclassman. I mean, that just looked like two players at different phases of their careers. And, you know, I, I give you credit, LD. That checklist we did yesterday where you previewed the match, A, you nailed them, and B, it was about X's and O's. This wasn't about atmospherics and the moment and nervousness. That was just about the tennis and Sloan, the offense, the defense, those passing shots, the forehand. That was Sloan Stevens playing as well. I mean, that was 2017-level tennis yesterday. Yeah, we have to give Sloan a lot of credit because, I mean, she's talked about what a tough couple of years it's been for her. She is noticeably so much fitter, and that obviously is helping her move better on the court. But to be able to step up, that is a pressure match to play someone who's only 17 years old. We all know Coco Goff is going to be a Grand Slam champion. She's going to be a star. 
but you, it, when you get a little bit older, you want to say, okay, not quite yet, <laughs> and to play on that biggest stage and to step up and play one of your best matches. I was so impressed with Sloane, how she handled the occasion, but also the level of tennis and the way she went about it, playing more offensive than she's normally comfortable with. The only match that didn't get in, Angie Kerber and Galina Kalinina, so that's, the per that, that, that's whoever wins that is who Sloane plays next. So Stephen's going to be well-rested yep. for her next match. All right, last year's finalist, Victoria Azarenka, also in action yesterday. And she was in a battle with the Italian, Jasmine Paolini, Lindsay. The Italian actually had 10 more winners in this matchup. Uh, Vika, though, was able to come through break serve four times. Yeah, Vika is one of those players that is so comfortable playing here at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. This was such a fun match as well. A lot of entertaining points. Azarenka, though, you never want to counter out. She hasn't played her best this year, but she is really hitting the ball nicely in New York right now. Look how aggressive she was on her second serve return. She won almost 80% of those points returning Paolini's second serve. I love to see Vika when she has this mindset. She played so well here last year, getting all the way through to the final. Uh, this was a good match to get under her belt, and the level again through a second-round match was incredibly high. Excited for her next opponent in the third round. It's going to be Vika and Garbina Muguruza. How about Stefano Tsitsipas on the men's side? Coming off that five-hour marathon against Andy Murray, John took care of business much more swiftly against Adrian Manorino. I thought in a weird way this was a, a statement match. Uh, this is the third set that Manorino steals. Tsitsipas already up two sets of love at this point and also already took a lengthy bathroom break. So he either is uh, de defiant or committed to his... Uh, to his role here, but for all the drama in the previous match, this was all Sitsipas after this third set. Came back and recovered, reset very nicely. He had 27 aces, which is a career high. Some really nifty shot making as well. And, you know, for, for a guy where there were a lot of questions before this match, a lot of swirling drama, social media controversy, he played a terrific match. And I think getting through this, this fourth set would go six love as the rain was pounding. This was, I thought, of a strange way he really made quite a statement last night. 50th win of the year. That is the most on tour. He gets the up-and-comer Carlos Alcaraz next. Now, before the bad weather started, Francis Tiafo brought his own storm against Guido Pela. Straight sets, John. Yeah, this was all Francis. I was communicating with his team, and they were very happy that he got out fast and early, missed the rain drama instead. Very little drama as he played. A lot of Fancy shot making. He broke serve eight times. Opponent only had 13 service games. They had never played before. You would not have known that the way uh, Francis sliced, diced, used his athleticism, used the crowd. That's not a bad shot. Nice knockoff volley, but uh, this was all Francis. Pela made uh, a match of it in the third set, much closer than the other two, but really uh, a very easy day at the office for the 50th rank. America. This, this was fun stuff. Again, the, the crowd was engaged, sort of vintage Francis. If you didn't know what he was all about, you just had to watch this second rounder yesterday. This was fun stuff. 38 winners, 11 aces into the third round for the second straight year. You know Big Foe loving the vibes in New York City. Yeah, this is what it's about. You know, this is why you work hard every day. Uh, put the hours in to play in front of crowds like this and um, try to put what I have on display and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I seen draw early and I was like, I looked at the draw and I was like, hopefully I can get through my first two rounds. You know, that's, that's what I want. I want him bad. Um, and yeah, hopefully uh, we can play on this court and hopefully you guys get behind me. I'm coming after him.
Andre Rublev neck called out. I want him. I'm coming after him. That, that's, that's great stuff there from Francis. Uh, how about American Danielle Collins looking to reach round three for the first time here. She has been on fire, Lindsay. 20 wins since May when she came back from her injury. Yeah, it's so great to see her playing her best tennis again. And also here in New York. And Steve, she has looked great through these first few matches. So aggressive, really liking these fast courts in New York. Played so well earlier in the summer, then bothered by a couple little injuries, but looks so healthy again. And Steve, she won almost 80% of the total return points, which is just off the charts. The fans were enjoying it. She can watch her. She could definitely make a deep run at this tournament. Kaya Yuvon, a good player, by the way. Yeah. And, and, and Danielle just ran her off the court. Collins is moving on to round three, and she will take on uh, maybe a potential upset here. Next opponent will be Arena Sabalenka, who only had one stumble yesterday, John. This fall, scary in the fifth game. Yeah, it was a literal stumble, and a whoa, watch that. That's what we saw. That. The racket stayed in the hand, and uh, that was painful to watch and exponentially more painful, no doubt, to experience. Uh, that was the right hand of Sabalenka. Second, not often we talk about a second seed on the grandstand, but uh, you look at that, you see the discomfort right there. It didn't seem to affect her tennis in the short term. Very nice, comprehensive win over Zidonchek. French Open semifinals, haven't heard much from her since. This was all Sabalenka. Couple of breaks in each set. Power, power, power. Just sort of typical Sabalenka-type performance. Was able to take care of this second rounder in less than an hour. But the big questions here, guys, are about the hand and how will it be today? That's one of these injuries where you see what it is when she wakes up. So Sabalenka able to come through. She will meet Danielle Collins in the next round. Said after the match, we'll see. Uh, I think it needs to cool down. After one night, I can tell what's going on with my fingers. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, it's always so tough with an injury. Sometimes the adrenaline gets you through the moment, can get you through that match. Good sign she was still able to play about a set and a half. But afterwards, she spoke about the hands starting to swell up and change colors. Clearly not a good sign for her. I hope it's nothing big she'll have today off. Hopefully she can figure out if, if anything seriously is wrong, maybe get it better. But that's a tough break to have happened to her this early in the tournament. We talked yesterday with Sebastian Corda had a crazy case of food poison. We mm -hmm. see these thin margins, and you, you build your year to peak at these majors, and one little slip on a court, and it completely yeah. changes your narrative. Once again, no play today before noon Eastern. Uh, they will not open the gates before 11 a.m. Eastern. When we do get action here on Arthur Ashe Stadium, it is the world number one. And for the second time in three days, an 18-year-old from Denmark will play a world number one. <laughs> Ash Barty against Clara Tossen. Zverev, Ramos, Vignolas. They actually played a challenger in 2014 in Colombia that the Spaniard won one in love. We'll see if Sasha remembers that. Over on Louis Armstrong, Olympic gold medalist Belinda Bencic is first up. Petra Kvitova takes on the lefty Pliskova. Christina won their last meeting. And the Canadians are literally the night train in New York. Shapovalov and Andrescu both in action. Much more still to come here on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Defending men's champion Dominic Team back later in the show. Find out when and why he switched to this dominating one-handed backhand. You're watching TC Live at the U.S. Open. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money with Marcus by Goldman Sachs.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. The winner of the U.S. Open this year gets a check for $2.5 million. Now, when Serena Williams won her last major, the 2017 Australian Open, she banked 2.7 mil. That is significantly more than when she won her first major. The 1999 U.S. Open made $750,000. In the words of Gordon Gekko, money never sleeps, folks. And it's time for Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money. Lindsay, Steve, John, back on TC Live. If you have a daughter and she is athletic, let me tell you, tennis is the most profitable sport. Nine of the top ten earning female athletes in the world last year, tennis players, Lindsay. And uh, as we take a look at the all-time WTA prize money list, you can earn a whole lot of cash by playing this sport. Can we see who has a, a pretty significant lead here? Look at that. <laughs> it's in over $50 million more for Serena Williams than her sister, Venus. It speaks to the longevity, but also these last couple of years, prize money has gone up. Obviously took a little hit with the pandemic, but look out, V, because Simona Halep is coming. <laughs> and it, she has played so well, but just remarkable numbers of how many players have made so much money. Prize money goes up. You know what else goes up? Money, money. When Serena Williams won her first major in 1999, a dollar then is worth $1.64. So she really is worth far more. If we hmm. present value that, her lead over the next highest earner is really much larger than that. That's just the on-court earnings. Yeah, but as we know, true. the real wealth is made off the court. That's what has Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams ranking in the top 30, according to Forbes, more than Novak Djokovic, John. How are they getting this money off the court? Yeah, this is where the, the income inequality in tennis really accelerates. We talk about Naomi Osaka, whatever the report, $60 million in off. I mean, that is literally, you know, 90-some percent of what she makes Playing tennis. Roger Federer reportedly will make $90 million. He won't make a million dollars this year playing tennis. So for the top stars, and this is a this is a small cohort, this is a select few, the prize money is almost a rub. The prize money is pocket change. Yeah, it's amazing when you go back and so lucky in our sport that we had the leaders that we had in the 70s that were willing to stand up for equality and for equal pay, obviously led by Billie Jean King and um you know, the other sports they didn't quite have a leader like Billy. I mean, Billy is a once in a generation, once in a couple lifetimes type of leader. And because of her and everything that she fought for, these players and, and myself included, I mean, we've been so lucky just kind of reaping the rewards of all the hard work that was done in the 70s. Right. And the good news is this, this is increasing. I mean, p pandemic aside, yeah. prize money keeps going up and prize money at majors keeps going up significantly. I mean, Steve, you talked about other sports and if you had a daughter and you were looking at this transactionally, the mean salary in the WNBA, and this, this is an increase, this is something they trumpet, it's, it's about $80,000. Hmm. That's I mean, that, that, that's first-round money at the U.S. Open, basically. So from a financial standpoint, especially on the women's side, there is a lot to like. It also, it might be indelicate, but I feel like uh, we ought to point out, I, I think there's an L. Davenport that still has a top-20 oh. ranking on that list, and uh, <laughs> you will be buying us lunch in a matter of you hours. You got it. You got it. Bobby, Bobby dinner a couple weeks ago, so, right. yeah, very nice. Uh, listen, uh, Osaka, the only 
folks that, that make more money off the court than Naomi Osaka are Roger Federer, LeBron James, and Tiger Woods. That is oh. it. Yeah. Why do you think tennis is the sport where women athletes make this much? It's a, it's a fascinating conversation. I mean, it's obviously been around for a long time, and we've had these superstars play. And for whatever reason, women's tennis is able to find players that transcend the sport. That's not easy to do, and we've had it before. I mean, we have the Williams sisters. We had Chris Everett, even Martina. And now we have Naomi Osaka, and she has really just been a phenomenal addition to this long list of amazing players, but also how they conduct themselves, what they stand for. I mean, she also is one of these players, one of these athletes that is not afraid to speak her mind. And she's just been kind of a breath of fresh air these last couple of years for, for companies to really get behind. Right. I mean, players go everywhere, so these are international brands. I also think country of origin matters. And if you happen to represent Japan, which has a big commercial market, that may be more important than outer Kazakhstan. Just Rationally speaking. She's got more than 20 endorsement deals, including new ones this year with Google, Louis Vuitton, and Workday. Every week, I feel like we're reading. Every day, (laughs) for a while, we're reading a new deal. It's remarkable. Go go look what Workday is. I mean, it's it's fantastic. We we applaud this. But this is not, you know, Wilson or Head or a a tennis company. I mean, this has nothing to do with tennis. But they see Naomi. She's got those, too. (laughs) She's got Nike. She's got Yonex. It is a young, ascending player, and she is international. Why wouldn't you do that? Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money. They can make a whole lot of it. Speaking of money, Ash Barty leading 2021 prize money right now. And by the way, she made more money by winning the WTA Finals a couple years ago than anyone's ever made in the ATP or WTA. More than $4 million for winning that. Ash Barty coming up today. Lindsay, John, and Steve back on TC Live. Naomi Osaka had the day off yesterday. Lucky didn't have to deal with the rain. Got a walkover from Olga Danilovic. So she is coming on site to warm up for her match tomorrow against the Canadian Layla Fernandez. These were the scenes last night on site at the USDA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. Very scary. New York City declared a state of emergency. Play was suspended on Louis Armstrong Stadium, which is, by the way, covered. And yet all of this was going on. Uh, A travel ban was put into effect until 5 a.m. today. Fans had to wade through water to to get home from the site. I mean, I've never seen it like this before. You saw the the hefty bags on the shoes. I don't know if you saw the rain, too. This was not a vertical downpour. And I think that was what was causing a lot of the issue on these courts. But that, that was a scary scene. Leaking into Arthur Ashe Stadium as well. Yeah, it just was... Crazy. I think they're still dealing with the after effects now, not only at the tennis center, but also all over the city. So first, we hope that everyone was okay. Mm. We hope that the center gets cleaned up at some point today and play takes place. But it really seemed like maybe it wasn't the best idea last night to be playing tennis with all those fans and all the staff there. But... I don't know. They tried. Tough to get home. And and thankfully, people were able to to get back to their hotels, obviously, past 1 a.m. in the morning. The match that was most affected by the rain was Diego Schwartzman and Kevin Anderson, which started, John, on Louis Armstrong Stadium, but interrupted multiple times. Yeah, this was an interesting match of contrast, but the tennis really wasn't much the story. There's a slip there, and that uh, did not happen naturally. This court was already getting wet. Sometimes you can see on the wide shots that the Rain was coming in, a bit of a dispute. Note the score here, too. I mean, this is, you know, four all in the first set 
tiebreaker. They'd already been on the court. Look at the time, 148. So uh, this match had a number of delays and, and chatter at the chair. Uh, neither player seemed particularly happy with this wet court, and they didn't stick around. And finally, Anderson had enough. They had stopped and started so many different times. He was like, I'm out of here. This is not safe. And the umpire just kept holding them out on court. Let's try and play this. And the mist was coming in. The court was damp. We saw Schwartzman fall. Took a couple of hours. They waited till Sitsipas was done in the night session over on Ash, and they got to finish their match over on a completely covered court. On a later note, Schwartzman did say uh, he, he got to meet Ben Stiller at one point during one of these delays. <laughs> so at least, uh, you know, he has a celebrity friend. Ooh, look at that. Um, bit of a strange match. Anderson seemed to have some trouble returning the Schwartzman serve, which is not generally uh, perceived as one of the more potent serves out there. But uh, Schwartzman, the 11th seed, sort of did what he had to do. Two different courts. Match took a while. Strange night, but uh, the 11th seed would advance, guys. Uh, listen, if you're a fan, this is probably the safest place for you to be because inside Arthur Ashe Stadium, at least, you weren't getting pounded by the rain outside. Schwartzman wins. I mean, there was a tornado, flash flood warnings outside, and you saw those pictures of fans leaving and not being able to take the subway yeah. because that yeah. was flooded. Yeah, and the roads were closed. Were the Armstrong fans then allowed to go into Ash and watch that? I sure hope so. I don't know, I don't know what happened with so. that. Or maybe they get yeah. a refund. They only got a, a set of play out on Armstrong on a, on a covered court. The women were obviously cal called off the Kerber match. They'll come back later this afternoon out on grandstand. Uh, we saw Sloane Stevens posting on social media when she finished her match. Left the site yeah, right. at 9.45 p.m. Didn't get home till after 1 a.m. Oh, wow. And that, that's, that's a player going back to a hotel. I mean, keep in mind, most yeah. of the people there... Are they're not staying in hotels. These are fans who've got to figure out a way to uh, get home. I don't know if you saw some of the video. Darren Cahill posted a video. I mean, the subways were washed out. A, a wild, wild night in New York. Uh, our own Tracy Austin w was continually posting on social media. She was trying to get back to a hotel. Thought she was going to have to literally sleep in a car. Oh. Finally was able to make it to a Hampton Inn. That was near 2 a.m. Yeah. All right. Just... Sunny, sunny skies today. Yeah. I, I mean, we, there was, there's hundreds. I mean, you talk about the thousands of fans, but hundreds and hundreds of people behind the scenes. Obviously, we, we talk about the media and the broadcast, but all of the volunteers, you've got ball kids, and all these people are still on site. I mean, it was a mess last night. Again, rains were forecasted. I don't know if just like we're going to play this. We don't care. I don't know. Or maybe it just was way worse than they had anticipated. I'll go there. As our planet changes, we see the extreme heat in Australia. We see fires. We see... I mean, this is something all sports, all of us, all 8 billion of us are going to have to contend with because uh, this trend is not uh, going to reverse itself anytime soon. Mother Nature doesn't care. She doesn't yeah. care. You put a hat on, on Ash, you put a hat on Armstrong, yeah, I'm just going to blow it off. Maybe a full hat sideways. next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Sideways>. Full coverage. <laughs> Well, it looks beautiful today. These are live pictures. Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. The sun is out. It's warm. It's like summer in the city once again. Dominic Team, he's back on TC Live. Thumbs up for our buddy. Be joining the show next. Lindsey, John, Steve, and we've got Dominic Team on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Crazy scenes last night in New York City in Flushing Meadows, Hurricane Ida, the, the remnants coming through. Uh, I know you saw it, Dominic. Your boy Diego was out on the court. Did you, have you gotten a text from Diego? What, what did you think about the scenes out there last night? 
Not yet. I didn't receive any texts from Diego, but the scenes were crazy. You know, I mean, Armstrong, um, it, it has some holes in the coverage, yes, but um, it needs to uh, rain very heavy and there need to be a very strong wind. So the rain goes sideways that the water comes in and that was the case last night. Um, but um, I think the the scenes were also very tough in the city. So I hope that everybody's safe. And uh, what a surprise that every match um, but one, the, the match of um, Karabakh against Kardinina, um, went through. So that's uh, that surprise. But, but the weather was crazy. As a, as a player, I mean, what do you think about the decision to keep the match going on between Schwartzman and Anderson and have them move to Ash as opposed to saying, all right, listen, things look really bad. Let, let's finish this up tomorrow. Well, it's uh, for the players, it's very tough, but we're still uh, very early in the tournament. So the schedule is, is pretty tight. And um, the more matches you can't play, the, the more difficult it gets. And I think, I mean, at least for me, if you're a player, you prefer to, to finish this certain day and to have the next day off, even if it's late. Um, it was very late when they finished, but um, at least Diego has his day off today. And um, I prefer it that way than, than to play potentially two days in a row. All right, Dom, let's uh, get to some of those highlights from yesterday. Andre Rublev, two-time quarterfinalist at the U.S. Open, playing Pedro Martinez. He hit 67 winners, Dominic, in this four-set victory. What's the toughest thing about playing Andre Rublev? Uh, well, I mean, if, if he's in the offense once, he doesn't let you go. It's a little bit similar to Rafa once uh, you... You, you play to his forehand, um, the, the point is almost over. And the same is with Andre. Um, there's no way he lets you out of of his offense, um, especially with the forehand. He makes so much pressure. And you can see that I mean, Martinez was playing great the first two sets, but then at one point it, it just gets too much. The pressure gets too much. And uh, he's a guy who can go very far this year as well. Dominic, I don't know if you caught this after Francis's match. He said, basically, Rublev, I'm coming for you. I want you. I want the fans to be here. I want this match. We're used to players saying, oh, I, I didn't even look at the draw. Oh, I played Dominic team. He's amazing. We don't often get a call out like that. What do you, what do you make of uh, Francis going after Rublev like that? Um, I mean, I, I think that many... Many players are, are lying when they say they don't know their section of the draw. I think um, everybody knows it uh, pretty well. And uh, the same with Francis, but the matchup is great. Um, there are going to be great atmosphere as well. Uh, probably most of them are, are for Francis. And he, he looks like in a, in a great form. So we should have an attractive matchup. Speaking of great form, Daniil Medvedev. This is the guy that you said is going to be most likely to challenge Novak Djokovic for the title. One in straight sets yesterday against Dominic Kupfer. What stood out to you about the Russian's performance? Similar like in the first round. Um, I think it was two years ago he also played Kupfer. It was, was way more difficult the match. I think back then he was a set and a breakdown. And now uh, straight three sets. You see how much he improved. And um, again, that's how a title contender starts in the tournament. Not to 
straight set victories, um, didn't let any, there were no too long matches and sort of still saved a lot of energy and yeah, he looks brilliant actually and well, I'm, I'm, I feel sorry for, for, for the next opponent. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be tough. 201st career match win for Daniil Medvedev. Let's break down some of the matches that we have coming up today. Uh, Lindsay, kick us off. What, what do you have for Dominic here? Well, we've got Jack Sock, uh, American, who's back playing well. Uh, Dominic, he takes on Bublik later today. What are you expecting in that one? I love that Jack is back. Uh, it's a nice run as well, but uh, he was top <laughs> 10. He won Paris Bercy. And um, pretty unique player, you know, with this uh, Jim Courier-like backhand and, and unreal forehand. And uh, Bublik the same. You know? They are both shot makers. They have many, many trick shots in their cases. And, I mean, I, have, I always had a nice relationship with Jack, so I hope that he's on his way back to, I don't know, top 30, top 20, so... It's an open match, but I'm cheering for him. Dominic, Gael Monfils really seemed to struggle a bit in, in COVID, playing in front of no fans. Now he gets fans, and his game seems to have returned. Married man now, he plays Stevie Johnson today. What, what do you make of uh, Johnson Monfils? Yeah, Gael, he got hit hard by the COVID break, and he won Montpellier, Rotterdam was in an amazing form and then the, the lockdown came so he was very unlucky with that and then he struggled with his form but now it seems like he picked it up again but uh, same for for stevie um he's had some some troubles was a little bit shaky and now seems to to play better again um but yeah if, if they are both at their best gael is still the better player probably and I guess that he will win this one. Dami, is he a guy you stop in the locker room if, if a TV is on with Gael Monfils to watch? <laughs> of course, you never know what's, <laughs> what's happening and uh, you can always expect something great and only watching him is fun. Um, he's, he's so fast, gets to every ball, um, also so many trick shots and uh, yeah, whenever he's playing, I, I stop and absolutely love it as, as everybody else i guess yeah he, he's he's a showman looking forward to that match coming up later today when we come back we're going to talk about your backhand dominic the, that one-hander that you hit 100 miles an hour how you develop this thing Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Davenport, Team Wertheim Weissman back on TC Live. And as always, it is time for John's stat of the day. Very intriguing today. What do you have? We have a guy named Max Cressy who plays on court 12 today. He does this crazy thing where he serves and volleys. <laughs> Kids, ask your parents. And speaking of lost art, or maybe not, let's talk about the one-handed backhand. Dominic Team, who better to ask? There are five, that's a big number. There are five men in the top 20 that hit one-handed backhands. Can you name them? Dominic Team, I, I know one I suspect you might know offhand, but do you know the five men in the top 20 with one-handers? It's uh, Tsitsipas, um, Shapovalov, 
myself. Um, Roger. Yeah. Good. One more. Think, uh, think, uh, uh, think, uh, think uh, Bulgaria. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Well done. You didn't know you were going to have some trivia uh, on the show today. So five five guys in the top 20 with one-handed backhands. I I read, Dominic, that you actually started with the two-handed backhand. So when and why did you develop that one-hander that is so amazing that you have right now? (laughs) Uh, It was actually the decision of my coach because I was only 11 years old when I switched. And... uh, I put so many hours of, of work into it because probably my my more natural shot is the two-handed backhand. That's why I started with it. I, I guess that um, a kid starts playing the backhand how it, it feels natural to him or her, you know. So that's why probably the two-handed is, is more natural to me. But I, I switched because, well, it was my coach's decision. And then I was putting so many hours of work into it and uh, that's how it became the shot of today but it's it's not that natural as as probably many people think it's uh it's a well-worked shot there's only one woman in the top hundred that hits a one-hander oh, that's rough right <laughs> I, I want you dominic i want you to sell your backhand if i'm t- 10 years old and i'm deciding one hand versus two hand what advantages does a one-hander give you apart from the uh, the artistry I, for me, I mean, the, the slice is easier to learn as a one-hander because you use it way more and uh, also the backhand volley probably and you have a little bit more of reach. But if you want to hear my honest opinion, if, if I would be a coach now or if, I, if my kid would choose the backhand, I would, I would, let, I would let play a two-handed backhand, I guess. Wow. It has slightly more advantages in, in today's game, um, women's and men's, than the one-handed deck. And that's, that's my honest opinion. I thought, John, I thought you were putting him on the spot and going to make him name the one player in the top 100 on the WTA <laughs> with a one-handed backhand. Golubich. I think, I, yeah. I, I think that Dominic is right. I really like, though, Ash Barty. Develop a two-handed drive, but really learn how to knife the slice. That would be a perfect combo. But none of my kids think, will play uh, tennis for Ash, and girls. One handed backhand would, would suit her well, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's fascinating that, that a guy with one of the best one handed backhands in the world yeah, believes yeah. that a two hander mm-hmm. is actually better in the sport of tennis. Yeah. Dominic, before we, we end this conversation, what goes through your mind when you see some of those still images of yourself just body totally contorted after you finished a swing? I mean, it, it looks unhuman almost. Yeah, it, it looks uh, it looks beautiful, but uh, there are more beautiful one-handed backhands than mine. I mean, I, I always loved stands the most. Um, and look at my face. <laughs> but uh, no, looking wise, uh, the the one-hander is is nicer than the, the two-hander. So I'm I'm very happy that there are at least some around still. <laughs> With Dominic, it's style and substance. Exactly, yep. I crush everything. <laughs> That one-hander. Our defending men's champion of the U.S. Open, Dominic Team. Always a pleasure. Great to have you once again with us on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Thank you. Thanks. 
All right, we will see Dami once again tomorrow. The sun is out today in New York City as we are leading up to play beginning at noon Eastern today at the U.S. Open. Back after this. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. And welcome back. Time for one of our favorite segments on TC Live at the U.S. Open. It is People Magazine stars in the stands. Vera Wang. Did she design your wedding dress, Lindsay? No. 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 <laughs> okay. No. Maybe next time. <laughs> Not that getting Just married kidding. again. Just kidding. Jeez. We love each other. <laughs> You'll be hearing from my husband soon. She's a huge tennis fan. Yeah, Great to see you. I've yeah. been reading. I think she's designing Paulina Gretzky. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. Okay, with Dustin yep. Johnson, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. Uh, there's Rebel Wilson. She's a huge tennis fan. Yep. P- posted a photo with uh, Jordan Thompson's girlfriend. No, it's interesting. She loves the Aussies, but loves also the Aussies. Mo- remember she had a friendship yeah, with exactly. uh, Mohova at Wimbledon that yes. really sustained. It also has sort of a tennis themed dress. Always a bridesmaid. Speaking of dresses, yes, you get that? No. All right, Billie Jean King. Yeah. Oh, good. Good one. I got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it late. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's so fun to see Billy at the U.S. Open every year. She's been out there supporting it. Had some trouble getting back to the city like everybody else last night, though. She's amazing. For more stars in the stands, go to people.com. Uh, let's preview some matches today. And yeah, we've got, we've we got, got some good ones because how about Zach Svida, you know, the, the Kalamazoo winner. He's taking on Yannick Sinner. It's not often, John, that Yannick Sinner is, is the wily veteran, veteran yeah. in a match. Yannick Sinner will bring his uh, veteran wiles. It's about time Svida played an Italian. Oh, wait. He played one in <laughs> his first U.S. Open match two years ago. He got one in his first round and won that. And now... Big step up against Sinner. A good measuring stick for Svida. I mean, Yannick Sinner is, is all of 20, but uh, is it a completely different plane of this sport? I think it will be a good barometer for Svida. Yeah, that's a big jump up. Yeah. You're talking about someone who's mm. trying to get some matches on the regular tour all of a sudden play one of the biggest hitters and one of the best players of the year. I think that's a tough ask, but that's, that's the beauty of playing out here. These are the players you want to play, you want to challenge your game, see what you can learn from. On the women's side, Bianca Andreescu, she, she had to battle three yep, that's, sets. That's, in, redu- that's redundant. That's right. <laughs> 28 of her 48 matches since the start of 2019 have been three-setters. Yep. I mean, that's, that's what she does. Uh, what's the key today against Lauren Davis? Good news for Andreescu is she's going to have a little bit of time against Lauren Davis. Lauren Davis is an excellent mover around the court, but she doesn't hit a heavy ball. So that should give Andreescu a little bit more time to play her offensive style. We saw her play in her opening match against Golubich. There was not a lot of variety. There weren't a lot of high balls. There weren't a lot of slices. I'd love to see her start to incorporate that a little bit more. I really feel like that's what set her apart from everybody a couple of years ago. But this is another good match for Andrescu to get kind of under her belt and start to get some momentum. This is, this is a match that if you're a U.S. Open contender, you should be able to get right. through. She was so emotional in her first. I mean, she's, yeah. she's kind of sort of a co-defending champion. Why yeah. do you say that? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. she, she's Absolutely. never lost and didn't play last year. And she was so emotional. We make a joke of it. We have for the last, you know, since uh, 2019, about every match is a three-setter and a battler. But it would be nice if she got through this yep. without much drama. I'm, I'm there for the cutaways of Coco, her dog, okay. in the stands all right. for, for all of her matches. Uh, another good one between a couple of Americans, Taylor Fritz, Jensen Brooksby. I want to get your thoughts on this, Lindsay, because yep. Jesse Pagula tweeted, 
And, and Jen Brady retweeted that Jensen Brooksby is the male Sophia Kennan because of the two-handed slice, the drop shot, and the overall game. Do okay. you see it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that's such an unusual shot to keep both rackets, both hands on a racket to hit a slice. I mean, most of the time you're taught, let go, try a one-handed slice. So I, I can see that. Brooksby is fun to watch, and you wouldn't necessarily, if you go watch him practice, you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, he's top 100, he's going to really make a great run. But he knows how to win, and that is something you can't teach a lot of juniors. A lot of players might duck the junior competition or kind of just walk away from it. He knows how to win on every level. That Kennan analogy only goes so far. Brooksby does this weird thing where he actually watches the ball when he serves it. <laughs> uh, you know what Dominic Team said, though, about players lie when they say, I don't know the draw. They knew who they're playing. They know the context. This is a little bit of one of those, those Sloan Coco matches yeah, where the absolutely. veteran says, yeah, I, I applaud your rise, but not so fast, son. And I wonder if uh, Taylor Fritz yeah. finds some motivation in that. All right. Thankfully, the sun is out right now uh, in Flushing Meadows. Uh, play will begin. The coverage starts on ESPN at noon Eastern. Of course, TC Live will be back with you 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. And Encore matches all night long on Tennis Channel. For Lindsay Davenport, John Worth, I'm Dominic Team, our entire team. I'm Steve Weissman. Thanks for watching TC Live at the U.S. Open.